Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Accessing the dimension beyond thought. In this episode, Eckhart talks with a live audience. He explains their goal is to learn to access the deeper part of themselves beyond thinking. Most people have no connection to that until some crisis pushes them to dig deeper. Eckhart says we must find spaces of awareness between thoughts. Eventually, we reach a state of being that is connected to the soul of the universe. The essence of our retreat is accessing the dimension that is beyond thought. That's the most important thing here to learn that it is possible, that it is not all that difficult, although the mind may tell you that it's difficult. And so one way of putting it, and that may be helpful to have that perspective for a while, although it's not the ultimate truth, is to say that there's two of you. It's not the ultimate truth, it's a way of looking that is temporarily helpful. There's two of you, the person and the unconditioned transcendent being and that being is inseparable from the being that inhabits all life forms that is basically one could say the soul of the universe so if you can sense that within yourself that there's these dimensions this dimension of one could say there are many dimensions but it's all how one looks at things. All divisions are ultimately only arbitrary, not arbitrary, but temporary. Not, not the ultimate truth, it's just the truth of oneness. But I'm talking now to the ripple on the surface of the ocean, and that's you. If you are VIP, you are a wave. <laughs> but it's basically the same. It doesn't make much difference. Ripple or wave or tsunami. <laughs> so I'm talking to the ripple and say that's how it is basically there's two of you there's you as a ripple and there's you the ocean and that's in your life so called your life there's no your life anything one says the moment you start to speak you're wrong <laughs> so obviously I sometimes say your life that's how one speaks. There's no such thing as your life, unfortunately, but why not? Because if you say, my life, you've already created a division. There's you and there's your life. Obviously, you are life. So you can actually learn to sense 
which dimension is uppermost at any given moment, the unconditioned, which is there when you are present, alert, still, or the conditioned, the personality, the mind. So when you express an opinion, then already you can know whether you are completely identified with the opinion and then become defensive and angry when somebody has a different opinion. Or if you are completely identified, you get very emotional when somebody puts forward a different viewpoint or opinion. So they are totally in the personality, the person. Or you may be able to discuss something that is the art of living in a conscious way, living consciously. I highly recommend this practice whenever there's a discussion about whatever it may be. In a discussion, the tendency to be drawn into mind identification is huge. So there's a gravitational pull that immediately exerts itself and it draws you into mind completely. But if you are present enough, you're able to discuss whatever it may be without self-identification with your opinion. So here's the, this is what I think, but that's not what I am. That is a mind formation. I think it's important that I state that this is, and the reason why I think this is this, and this, and this. Another important thing is when you have are self-identified, it creates a lot of emotion, egoic emotion. And the emotion actually rises into your mind and makes you confused. Then you get emotional thinking, which very often is irrational. That's not uncommon. And once you're trapped in that gravitational pull of emotional thinking, you're basically, it always means you're defending yourself in this, that, trying to enhance yourself, diminish the other. Then once you're in it, it's not easy to get out. You may have to wait until the momentum exhausts itself. So then you will compulsively and emotionally talk about something in many cases, totally insignificant. And it becomes important to you because your sense of self is in it. And it can lead to a breakdown in relationship, a different opinion. Somebody has a different opinion, becomes your enemy because he or she has a different opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and as you're present, you practice with, but so you need to be able to sense this, the deeper dimension still present within yourself, the deep eye. And then the surface eye can discuss things. So there's an alertness in the background while you're speaking. That means there's a spaciousness even while you're discussing something. And you don't confuse the mental position of the other person with who the other person essentially is. That's a continuous practice. Everyday life, almost any situation that arises, can become part of your spiritual practice so that Whatever you do in your life, any activity, anything you do, if you can realize from now on the rest of your so-called life, there's always something that is of primary importance, although you may easily forget that for a while. Your primary importance is the state of consciousness, your state of consciousness at this moment, not whatever it is you're dealing with at this moment. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. 
find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now, it's very seductive. The world will try to tell you and your mind, which is inseparable from the world, will try to tell you that this is of primary importance. Now, it could be that there's an emergency, somebody has fallen into the water and you're going to jump in to save him or her. Hopefully you can swim. <laughs> there may not be time to, to sense the unconditioned within yourself, but uh, what actually often happens in situations when people do courageous things, where people afterwards say, oh, you're so, you're a hero. And the person says, well, I just did it. So if there's a real emergency, it often happens that the thinking faculty is totally switched off and you may find yourself taking right action. You may not sense the spaciousness, but it does come. The thing, In a true emergency, the thinking function stops and you go, Ugh. you cannot think about, mm, what am I going to do? This really is a problem because then you become paralyzed. If a wild animal comes through this door running towards me, let's say it's a bear because they are around here somewhere, uh, it's a grizzly bear, they're huge, then it's coming towards me. Is that a problem? I really have a problem. <laughs> I wonder what I should do. It's too late. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in such situations you don't think, thinking, stops and then nobody can predict what you will do. You can't predict what you will do. I can only guess that I might run away or I might try and make myself bigger than I am and, and make threatening sounds in the hope that it will think I'm stronger than it. Don't know if that will work. <laughs> That's what is sometimes recommended when you come across a bear while you're out hiking. Make yourself bigger than you are, and then you go, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> They say, however, it works with brown bears or black bears, but it doesn't work with grizzlies. <laughs> the other option is you play dead. That's highly recommended. And that might be what I would do. And, and, and we could all do that. <clears throat> I don't know how I got to the bears, but... <laughs> so if it's not an emergency, and most things are not an emergency situation, then the two dimensions, this is something you learn gradually. You, many times you will forget. 
That's fine. Some spaciousness remains in you while you're dealing with the things of this world. And when you're sitting quietly in your room or out in nature, then the spaciousness, the stillness, the presence emerges a bit more fully and the personality recedes. When you go back into the world and deal with things, you need the personality. Sometimes people ask me, don't you need the ego to deal with things in this world? Well, you need your form identity, which is the person or the personality, to deal with things in this world, because otherwise you couldn't, it's very hard if you didn't have a form identity, then you would just be the, uh, well, you would become like the, the mass, the God-intoxicated people in, in certain parts of the world where that they are, have a deep connection with source, probably, but totally unable to deal with the things of this world. So you don't want to go that way. And in the West, they won't think that you are a holy man or woman. They will put you away. So if you have to go there, move to India somewhere first. <laughs> so you need not your ego. There's the difference between your form identity and your ego. The difference is complete identification with your form identity, which is the body and the psychological form of you, complete identification with the form identity is ego. But when you're no longer completely identified with your form identity, you still have a form identity, but it's no longer ego. That's the difference. So you still, you have a person, a personality, with opinions and viewpoints and abilities and certain flaws, some of which, as presence becomes more integrated with the personality, and that takes time, some of those flaws will dissolve, especially serious flaws that cause you and other humans suffering. And there may be a few other idiosyncrasies in your personality that may remain, but most likely they would be things that are not huge things that cause suffering to yourself or others. So there's the difference between form identity and ego. You don't need your ego to function in this world, but you need your form identity to function in this world. But the only way you prevent your form identity from becoming ego is to be present while the form identity operates in this world. And it operates in this world not only when you are actively doing something, your form identity is also the, your mind, or it actually fundamentally your mind. Even when you're just sitting somewhere, then your form identity is probably still operating. When you're thinking about something, it's there. And so a very subtle art then is to be able to think, but not be 100% drawn into this movement of the mind. And this is something that is practice. Perhaps having been here for several days is helpful. So there's a remnant of the other you, the deep I, as I sometimes call it. That's the other, the other half of you. So that's, one could say there's the two halves. There's a form, form half, and there is the formless deep half, so to speak. You are both. So you don't want one to take over completely, probably not, but most humans, of course, in this world, for most of them, 
only one half exists, and that's the surface dimension of them. And that's a great pity that they have missed the very purpose of human life. It's a little bit like a seed that never sprouts. Because in a way, every human is a seed, a potential for the flowering of consciousness. But if you look in nature, nature is infinitely abundant. One tree may shed thousands and thousands of seeds, and out of those, maybe one or two grow into another tree, if that. So, while you are acting, or even just thinking, practice, having some spaciousness in the background. And another thing that helps is not to get drawn into an uninterrupted stream of thought. This also applies when you're having a conversation with someone. We all have met people that talk uninterruptedly, one thing leading to another, and it's like having a passage in a book without any punctuation. <laughs> Such writings actually exist. I personally am not very fond of those writings. It's called stream of consciousness writing, like James Joyce and certain and others. I could never get into that. By the way, it should not be called stream of consciousness, it should be called stream of unconsciousness. <laughs> so you've all met people who, it never ends. There's one subject and it emerges with another subject, and then they go off in that direction and that direction, and you sit there and it's time to leave, but you cannot say, I need to go now, because you're waiting for the gap that never comes. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to be rude, so... <laughs> but at some point, you may have to be rude. Oh, 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 <laughs> that may help. So there's, there's, there's an element of surprise when you suddenly go, oh, I have to go. <laughs> But this could happen in your own mind, even when you're, when you're alone. It could happen that your thoughts go in the same way, and there's no gap. It just goes on and on. When people worry and have this fear, worry is also a, I mentioned just now, emotion contaminating your thought. The emotion rises into your thinking, and tends to make your thinking irrational and not very intelligent dysfunctional kind of thinking. So when fear arises into your mind, fearful thoughts arise, which fuel the emotion of fear even more, and that emotion comes back into your mind, and you get into this vicious circle, and it, your mind talks and talks, it becomes like that person that you couldn't get away from, but there you can't even say, I need to get away, because it's, you're there. And you may not even know, you may be so identified that you don't know that there's a possibility. You, in fact, you have lost, you're lost in your mind. You don't, you're not even there. You're asleep somewhere in the background. Who you are is actually somewhere asleep, and in the foreground you're dreaming the dream of unconscious thinking. <laughs> and there are humans who spend their whole life in that state, dreadful fate. Dreadful. So there, a very helpful thing when you are thinking or speaking, let's say it's just a normal conversation, 
when you have said something, you come to the end of a statement and go back for a few seconds into alert stillness. And then either the other person will say something or you will start another sentence. But this small gap, always come to the, to the end of a statement so that you prevent a stream of unconscious thinking from taking you over. This happens to humans continuously. So you don't want to be taken over by your mind, kidnapped, possessed, mind-possessed. So the, the practice is find little spaces, always spaces, spaces, spaces of awareness, even if it's just three seconds. For example, looking at something. And you may notice it's not actually that you have to create awareness. You just have to be alert, and then the awareness is there. Now, if you're very alert, you may notice something very interesting, and that is whenever your sensory perception, which is mainly visual and auditory, but it could also involve other senses, whenever they register something new, so it could be that you're walking out of a door in a building, you open the door, and then a totally different vista is there. Just a moment ago, you saw a room and a door. Now you open a door. You take one step out, and then the first thing, you look at whatever is there. It could be a beautiful mountain landscape like here, or it could be a city street. But then you may notice if you're really alert, for two seconds or three, you're not labeling mentally what you're seeing, you're just perceiving it. And there's always a little, very small gap between the act of perception and the mental labeling of your perception. But if you can catch that little gap and become aware of it, because usually people are not aware, they just they look at something and then the mind interprets it and says something about it, usually. If you can catch the gap and become conscious of it, you prolong it. It prolongs itself. And then you may be able to take several steps out without any interference of thinking. You're just present. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. There are also strange uh, things you can do. You may sometimes find that you can know what you have to do next, for example know what you have to do next without any verbalization in your mind. So you can look at a situation and then the situation requires some kind of action but you develop the ability of looking and then 
knowing what you have to do with, without mentally formulating anything that says, oh, now you should be doing that, I need to do that, what can I do here? Especially if it's problematic, what action can I take here? Then if you can face a situation in, in alert stillness, then it's much more likely that your action will be intelligent and will be just right for that situation. That's a response. The other is a reaction which relies on the conditioning of your mind. And so you, we all know people who you know exactly how they're going to react when you say, say a certain thing. If you've lived with somebody, you know when you say this, they're going to react that way. Or when that situation arises, they're going to react that way. This may happen to you too. If you can isolate certain pockets in your life, it's very important, certain pockets in your life where you tend to become unconscious. There may be certain situations, whenever that situation arises, it tends to draw you into unconsciousness. It could even be certain people. Whenever you meet that particular person, you act more unconsciously, you get drawn into an old reactive pattern of the ego. This could be, for example, if you are an adult, you're going back to visit your parents. And some people experience it like that. Whenever they visit their parents, they're drawn into old reactive patterns. And the parents probably too. And that, that becomes their relationship and it doesn't work very well. And therefore, of course, it's highly recommended as a reflection to see how far you've come spiritually to visit your parents. <clears throat> Famous statement by Ram Das: if you think you're so enlightened, go and spend a week with your parents. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be parents, it could be other people. With, often it's people with whom you share a lot of past, or it could be other people who trigger you maybe at work, just looking at them triggers you. <laughs> and somebody triggers you means he or she makes you unconscious. You become reactive. So if you know that in your life, so either people or situations, or it could be sometimes it happens when money is involved, people become very unconscious. Then uh, let's say you're, you're trying to sell your condo or your house and then you're talking to the realtor and these difficulties are rising and, and, and suddenly the spiritual person who has been to 10 retreats with Eckhart gets very angry and upset with the what happened? <laughs> It's often people like realtors or lawyers, they often meet people at their most unconscious. So it, those professions could be potentially extremely enlightening because you really need to be present to deal with all those people you meet in unconscious states, all the people who go to court. Observe yourself, see where are the situations where I tend to become very reactive and then when you go into those situations or meet those people, you need to know before and, okay, here we go. And then stay very, very present, turn up the light, the dimmer switch, it's a bit like that. How do you do that? 
How do you turn up the light, the dimmer switch? In your feeling, feeling intensely the energy field of your inner body helps to anchor you in presence. So when you go into situations like that, okay, now I'm going to talk to my stockbroker, if you have one. I don't. But you know from past experience that every time you talk to your stockbroker, you become reactive because you have in your mind fear is associated with money and money is associated with the idea of scarcity and scarcity from your perhaps from your childhood is associated with the idea of survival and all kinds of th things are unconscious thoughts that still live in you and so before you go into that situation okay i'm now calling my this is my spiritual practice the primary goal then in that and any situation is to stay present. But when you go into a situation where you're most likely to become unconscious, then turn up the light of presence just before you go in and while you're in it. And as I just said, it is very helpful to be intensely present within your inner energy field while you're talking. And then you, you realize there's a spaciousness because that is the doorway, a very good doorway into presence is the inner body. It's the doorway into presence. can be a very helpful doorway into presence. There's also the doorway into presence, of course, of totally accepting your experience of this moment. So if you can talk to your, whoever it is you're talking to, and just totally accept whatever he or she says in this moment, that's fine too. There are various doorways into presence, but it's presence. Or you meet your your ex, as they call them. I'm meeting my ex about something. So all the stuff that happened, that accumulated before the divorce happened, all those years, it's back in your mind, and there's your ex, and you you have a very clear image of who he or she is, and it's not pleasant. Your very unconscious ex, and <laughs> and then you you have to be really really present so that you don't go into the old reactive mode, and then you're meeting this person. It's almost without the past. That's an amazing thing. Yes, you know the past, but in the moment of meeting that person, there's only you. There's not you as the personality. When you become really present, what emerges is that the other half of you emerges more. The personality becomes relatively unimportant. The other half, the unconditioned of presence, shines through. And then you're able to meet another human being, even you might have sh share a lot of unpleasant pasts with him or her, but you can meet this person when the other, the deep eye shines through you. You meet the person through the deep eye, which means you meet this person without reference to the past. You have that ability, if, if well, not you as a person, but th that ability is in you of meeting a human being even a human being with whom you share a lot of unpleasant past without reference to the past. So there's, you're meeting that person in the present, fully in the present. That's an enormous thing. I know people who have practiced it, and many of them have reported back and said, 
that sometimes, not always, and you're not doing it in order to achieve something else through it, it is sufficient unto itself. However, almost miraculous transformations have happened in the other person when you met the other person without reference to the past. So it's not that you want the other person to change, all that falls away. You're just not bringing the past into this encounter. And then it, it is not uncommon for the other person also, without them realizing what's happening, becoming freed, at this moment at least, from their heavy personality and something beyond the personality in them also shines through. And that's a miracle of transformation. And that's why sometimes people, when one of the two who share a lot of unpleasant past, one of them becomes conscious, it can lead also to the transformation of the other. Not necessarily. If it doesn't, it's fine too. At least you are free, and you don't need the other to be free too, to be, to be feeling that you are free. And so it can also happen with your parents, that suddenly the way in which your parents relate to you changes when you meet your parents without reference to the past and in absolute, in absolute presence. That's an amazing, amazing experience. So I suggest you try it out. You have quite a bit of time to practice and then Thanksgiving is still a long way in the future. <laughs> And that's where to try it out when you sit around the big table. Well, that's for North Americans who celebrate Thanksgiving. So you sit around the table and there's the, you basically, this is the past, the past sitting around the table. <laughs> Some people are dreading it. Christmas too. Oh no, not <laughs> Because you're facing the, the living past. <laughs> So it's a miraculous thing. And again, one could say the re that is the real meaning of forgiveness. It's not, so much a, it's not so much a mental act, mental acrobatics. They say, okay, you've done dreadful things, but I'm spirit, so spiritual that I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you. At least I'm trying to. <laughs> At least I'm trying. You're not even trying. <laughs> Why do I always have to be the first? <laughs> it's always the same. You're lost again. <laughs> so... Forgive you is not so much a, a mental to formulate certain things in your mind and then, then trying to live up to a certain thought in your mind, which is very difficult, if not impossible. But the real forgiveness is to enter that state of presence so that you're not the a personality that's conditioned by the past and then you can meet the person, in, even the person who did something to you, if you choose to meet them. It, you don't have to meet a person who do bad things to you, but the question is, does that person still 
exist in you as a mind form, as a thought form, as an, or a mental emotional entity, does this person who did bad things to you still live in you? They might even have passed away already, but they live in you as a mental emotional entity that you carry. It's, it's actually like a little gremlin that, that lives in you, and it's not, it's not pleasant. And so forgiveness means to recognize that for what it is. It's not really the other person anymore. The person maybe passed away 10 years ago. It's not the other person anymore. It's something you carry still in your mental emotional field. It lives there. And so that is, again, something to recognize. And if you recognize it as something that lives in your mental emotional field, then it's much easier to step back from it and by no longer getting drawn into it. So that's something to do with something that lives in you and you recognize it as something that you no longer want or need, and then it gradually dissolves as you're no longer reacting against it. So you have one, you, would, you have a split in you, as long as it's there, there's that, that mental formation, mental emotional entity, and then there's, there's you, there's another pattern in their mind that reacts against it. It's a bit crazy, but forgiveness then is really meeting the other, if the other is still there and you're actually now meeting them in person without reference to the past. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.